everyone welcome to movement and me an initiative that is designed for budding artists across the world who wish to pursue their career in art i'm your host deharika and on this show you will hear artists talk about their lives and the choices they had to make in pursuit of arts you will also get to use some tips and key learnings from the lives of these artists along with a detailed discussion on their areas of interest so quickly hop on to a journey into the world of arts along with us is Sri Lakshmi. Sri Lakshmi is a dance practitioner and graduate of Lady Sri Ram College for Women Delhi University and is currently pursuing her masters in performance studies in Ambedkar University Delhi. She is a Ministry of Culture CCRT scholarship holder and a Doordarshan graded artist in the field of Mohiniattam. Sri Lakshmi started her dance training under Sudha Pitambaran at the age of 5 in Kerala. She started with the forms of Bharatanatyam, Mohiniattam. She later joined Geeta Padma Kumar for training in Kuchipudi. After moving to Delhi, Sri Lakshmi further explored the Sopanam repertoire of Mohiniattam, which was pioneered by theatre practitioner Kavalam Narayana Panikkar under Jaya Prabha Menon at the International Academy of Mohiniattam, Delhi, and has travelled for various productions and programs such as Nishagandhi Festival Kerala, Philippine International Dance Festival and Workshop 2017, Konark Festival, Delhi International Arts Festival 2017, Hampi Festival, and so on. exploring the notion of performance in ambedkar university paved ways for sri lakshmi to question her practice and specifically problematize the space of classical body is a major space of conflict that she has tried to converse with some of the major issues that and processes for her practice are the politics of the figure of the performer in costuming in gender performance the space of the performance and in body movements to name a few She is currently self-training her body in Mohiniattam in reading and decoding the performance tradition. She has currently restarted her training in Kuchipudi with Geeta Padma Kumar and is also learning Kalaripat from Mr. Arvind in Kerala. Hi, Sri Lakshmi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for agreeing to be a part of our show. Thank you, Neharika, and I'm really glad to be a part of the podcast series. And thank you for inviting me, having me here today. This is exciting. Uh, Sri Lakshmi, tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get started with the entire idea of dancing, and where did you get your inspiration from, and what has your journey been so far? Uh, so I was born and brought up in Kerala, uh, and there was no specific inspiration to start dancing. I have a mother who is very much interested in dancing, and. who is always ready to put in the right you know needed requirements for a person a student to pursue dancing and it's only because of her that i started dancing and uh, my training and my exposure and my experience in dancing all of it starts in kerala uh, i started my training at the age of 5 uh, as you mentioned under my teacher shrimati sudhapri dampuri and uh, the dance class the dance school was also very nearby near to where i'm staying uh i started with the form of bharatanatyam and then later on uh, moved to the form of mohiniattam and then also pursued kuchipudi all three uh, i was initiated into all three forms uh, by sudha teacher and later on uh, after a few years i could also start further learning kuchipudi under shrimati geeta patnakumar also in kerala so this is how my training uh, 
began and how I started uh, dancing. That is very interesting. Um, so tell us a little bit about your inspiration behind all of this. I mean, you must have had that one moment when you were a child or, you know, as you were growing up, because you continue to associate yourself with dance, which means that there's something about dance and movement that has really, you know, piqued your interest or has made you curious and want, wanted to make you feel stuck to it. So what is that one inspiration behind being with dance for all this while? Um like in Kerala, there is a system of uh, Kalutsavam, which is the school competitions that happen. Uh, and the extracurricular aspect has a lot to do with the assessment of the child, you know, and the process of how the child interacts with so many forms right from school level. Uh, so I think the school part of it is something which kept me going or which kept me closer to the idea of performing, whatever it is. Uh, I mean, I'm not just speaking uh, specifically about everybody interested in dancing, but be it whatever, uh, as we call it, extracurricular, you know, people, uh, their exposure and interest in it also comes through this lens of the school education system. Uh, and otherwise, in relation to my own specific training in the three forms, that is something I would say that, uh, you know, it did not come to me as me sitting and getting inspired or me having a uh, you know, thoughtful process for me to sit in shoes that I have to learn Mohiniyatam next or I have to learn Kuchipudi next. Rather, this is also something which is very specific to the dance education system in Kerala, which I have uh, personally seen and experienced and heard about. Uh, that in most of the dance classes, when the student is exposed to the initial uh, form of Bharatanatyam, after the first or maybe one, two years of training or after the first performance in Paratnatyam, the student is also, uh, you know, as we say, naturally taught Mohiniyatam next, is initiated into Mohiniyatam by the teacher. And similar process with Mohiniyatam, after one, one, two years of training or after, you know, the initial performance of Mohiniyatam, then the student is also exposed to Kuchipudi. So then the training of these three forms happen simultaneously to that body of the student. So uh, this is rather the dance education institution rather than the student, you know, sitting and inspiring to choose. So for me, the idea was that, uh, idea was to learn dancing. And this was something the dance education system provided me. So it was more of uh, that way uh, that it came to me. That is actually very interesting. Um, something, you know, something worth talking about uh, here is that the dance education system in Kerala seems to be quite uh, further and further on uh, compared to the rest of the country. In the sense, the idea of delivering or giving the uh, students the opportunity of exposing themselves to various dance forms and then figuring out which one they want to probably continue pursuing or continue to stay with um, is actually quite interesting because if at all it is given at such a young age the student gets an opportunity to actually decide what it is that they want to do in life rather than having to go through the struggle of figuring out where to find the time to include it in their timeline in their in their everyday lifestyle um so yeah thank you so much for pointing that out i have a lot more questions about the education system which i'll probably get to at a later uh, at a at a later stage uh, but you have mm -hmm. talked about learning so many art forms right you've talked about learning uh, bharatanatyam mohiniyattam kuchipudi uh, so tell us a little bit about how that has also shaped your understanding of what dance and movement is all about and 
you know, what does it actually mean to dance or to move according to you? Uh, what inspired me uh, or what kept me going in dance class was you know the three forms as i was saying and three forms with its own differences and you know with its own grammar speaking to my body in in a very different sense uh, and each form spoke something different so uh, bharatnatyam was something which uh, uh, i have always found difficult to dance to and maybe as a child i did mostly bharatnatyam in schools uh, i think that is also because in schools bharatnatyam was a form which uh, children got really excited about and all that and uh, naturally maybe i did bharatnatyam more in schools like as a child uh, but i have always found it difficult for my body to communicate with bharatnatyam uh, but that was not the case with mohiniyattam mohiniyattam was something which came uh, uh, you know even friendly or to my body maybe because of its lasya elements maybe because of its swaying movements so um, there was a lot a uh, lot of comfort and lot of lightness that i could attach and find in the form of mohiniyattam within the grammar of mohiniyattam and similarly with kuchipudi which came on later on which came later on uh, kuchipudi was a form which uh, is a form which speaks a, a lot of energy and it has a lot of excitement in it and has a lot of theatrical elements to it considering the history of the form which is also derived from a uh, street theater format so um, currently i feel mohiniyattam and kuchipudi are you know those two forms which i uh, really hold closer uh, and uh, i could also relate to how when i moved to delhi from kerala uh, mohiniyattam i think uh, you know started sticking closer to my body maybe also because it reminded me of a sense of home because kerala is a form uh, originated in kerala uh, sorry mohiniyattam is a form which originated in kerala uh, maybe it spoke to me so much of the memories of home so much of the landscapes of home the language malayalam used in the format of uh, mohiniyattam so i think in that manner I, my body found a real good comfort in uh, all its movements and the grammar of mohiniyattam so yeah that was my experience with the forms um there's something very interesting that you talk about which i don't necessarily think that people mention or talk about uh is the idea of associating um yourself with a kind of dance form of course we choose a dance form based on our likeness and our you know inclination towards movement and you know our our relationship with movement and stuff but nobody ever actually mentions it or articulates it the idea of how it feels in the body how does my body relate to the kind of movements that are presented to you um through the art form so um that was actually a very interesting uh, lens to talk about and also something that's worth thinking about if you are looking to continue dancing in your own respective spaces whether that kind of dance form speaks to you whether it's something that feels very you know effortful although you do love dancing so maybe it's time to sort of you know open yourselves up to different dance forms and see which one is the one that actually speaks to you the most this is where the idea of exposure and you know understanding what your body needs comes into picture it's very important for you to expose yourselves to various dance forms to figure out which one um seems to be the one that draws you closer to you know form positive relations with your body rather than making you feel like you're stepping yes. out of your you know comfort zones to do something which you're not probably feeling like doing so uh, thank you so much for putting that out there um 
during the entire conversation that you've been having so far um, you do talk a lot about the kerala education system and how it supported you and how there's a lot in it that you know you um, have benefited from this is something that i would like to research on so i'll get in touch with you about it uh, off the record and probably you and i can talk further about it but for the moment uh, something very interesting that you and i talked about off uh, before is that you've also had a lot of questions that you've uh, developed and sort of you know recognize that you have and somehow in the process of trying to figure out what the movement is what the dance form is how you're associated to it you've also found yourself trying to answer or get answers to some of these questions can you tell us a little bit maybe what these questions are and uh, you know what it is that you've been trying to do in order to get some answers out of it yeah um so i think it's very important for one to question our own practices or our own methods of learning and education uh, specifically in our practice and um you know that is also something dance i have seen you know dance education system mostly doesn't provide the student you know of how to locate dance in a very sociological sense and uh, for me also that has been the case i was not trained to question my art practice critically but i had questions and it was always uncomfortable for me to uh, step out and talk to people about it uh, ask questions um uh, but while having conversations uh, i think most of it was also a result of a university education system exposure that i got to and uh, that was one thing that kept on pushing me to talk further to write further to keep on questioning and thankfully i also got to know about some dancers you know young dancers and artists who are questioning through you know sometimes through their uh, social media posts sometimes through writing articles so um, i think there were people around me thankfully uh, to whom i could always look up to and uh, that has definitely provided me a strength and courage to go and uh, you know talk about what my personal issues with dance were i think i started questioning and uh, this had primarily has primarily uh, a lot of influence of the lockdown time when uh, you know i noticed that dance was located within the personal space of the performer and uh, you know because of the pandemic one couldn't step out of their personal spaces so uh, the space of performing the uh, you know the space where one located dance was rather our own interior spaces wherever it is uh in in with our everyday existence and what i saw hugely problematic was that so many artists so many um, uh, critics uh, who are very acknowledged and you know well positioned uh then coming up and saying and writing about uh, young dancers choosing to dance in their personal spaces uh, you know creating a category as that is a bad space or that is a good space to dance and here again we see the culture of how classical dances have always been there to purify certain things to create hierarchies for da- dancers to you know have a space or not uh, considering what space they chose to perform and uh, for me that was hugely problematic and for me that uh, showed reflected a lot of class element attached to the classical like it always uh, you know has been um so it should be like if if i want to locate my dance uh, you know on my terrace and if i want to dance on my terrace that should be very much okay 
and if i want to have a backdrop if i want to have a curtain behind me that also must be okay i think uh, the individual existence and subjectivity of the performer should be given a you know an importance and a hierarchy and restriction should not be uh, something that should be created and uh, this is where i started conversing this was one major issue that struck me personally which uh, i felt the need to converse about and um, another thing which i have personally felt you know the need to talk about is that by in graduation when i was exposed to literature uh, you also deal with uh, you know study fields like feminism and politics and it was as if you can talk about feminism one can talk about body politics and body shaming uh, everywhere but once it entered the field of dance all this was to be kept outside it was as if nothing affected the space of dance we were not allowed to speak anything or as if there were no problems in the field of dance uh, but uh, i think nobody can deny that uh, the body shaming uh, aspect of it is very much very much persistent in the field of dance and that's very much visible in uh, you know i'm not kidding if we if we look online the kind of articles where critics come up and write about uh, performances as this dancer has worked in a trimmer body this time hence the performance looked better so uh, i think that speaks a lot about the kind of body shaming in the body politics and you know the creation of a certain body ideal for the dancer uh, which is hugely problematic so this this was also another aspect where i uh, started speaking because it affected me very much personally and i would say these conversations as much as much as it is important uh, sometimes uh, for me i could find a lot of comfort as as i was mentioning conversing with young dancers uh, you know seeing posts from other dancers who could openly speak up about their issues in dancing and at the same time it was also very uncomfortable and uh, i think i completely understand that discomfort in questioning and speaking about uh, all these as well because i think that has a lot to do with the dance education system that's being fed on our bodies you've spoken about a lot many things things that are you know concerns across the um, across i think genres of dance and not specific to one um one thing that i really found interesting in the conversation that you had with me was the idea of space uh why does it why did it strike me as interesting is also because ever since the lockdown happened it has definitely pushed all of the dancers to try and find a space to you know perform from or perform in so mm-hmm. you um i saying that bharatanatyam kuchipudi odissi or whatever a classical dance form cannot be performed um in your personal space and has to only be put in a on a stage like setup uh then makes you question whether it's something that will last uh longer because by at the rate at which we are going the pandemic doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon with so many variants coming up and you know the risk of uh being exposed and constantly contracting covid uh being there so how do you negotiate like there is this negotiation that needs to happen between what is deemed as classical what are the rules and what are the things that the classical needs to uphold yeah. versus yeah. what the reality on the ground is if you say that you can't perform or you can't present a piece from your personal space are you saying that we completely ditch dancing because that is not an option either 
you perform not just for yourself but sometimes even for your audience members and the idea of audience also has shifted now something from live uh, to doing something online even online live is a very different meaning now you can't interact you can't see them it's just a virtual space you're hoping that people are actually watching you perform you only see a number at the top of of your screen that says oh my god you know there are 400 people watching a performance as you speak right now or as you present it so uh, this whole idea of what was okay for dance to be uh, performed as or where it was allowed to perform has now changed completely because of the dynamics that covid has presented us with so it's a very interesting uh, conversation and something worth thinking about for all the dancers out there especially including and not limited to classical i mean every dancer out there is struggling with this uh, i've seen slowly the dancers are going out there and trying to get into their studio spaces to get the open area and dance and practice but that is also very limited like you go once a week and then you go another next the next week and like what you used to do before which is like 7 days a week and spending 3 to 4 hours in that space which is not the case anymore so i think the idea of space and negotiating is something that's definitely worth thinking about uh, specifically keeping the covid times in mind and looking at whether we can find a space or an area where we can negotiate these terms and you know come up to an understanding where you where it's more flexible rather than kept in on locked in for only some sort uh, to be performed in certain spaces because i think that would reduce the opportunities that dance has to you know to spread out and present itself as an opportunity to learn and express through uh, which is a big concern and uh, definitely worth thinking about so anybody who's listening in please uh, think about this look at how you are negotiating with it what are your thoughts on it feel free to drop in us comments and let's see where the conversation goes from there um on this note you have definitely posed a lot of interesting things to me but i remember you also saying that you've had conversations about these questions with different kinds of people not just the dancers who are encouraging and who also have similar mindsets but also with people mm-hmm. who've not probably um who don't really uh, you know sink in with the same thought and who don't think the way that you do what has your experience been like when talking to such people Hmm. um i think uh one way to look at it would be the idea of tradition uh that anything uh coming under the idea of tradition would you know if we want to talk about it or if you want to question it it becomes hugely problematic because problematic uh and one very closely related term would be the idea of institutionalization because all these forms went through an institutionalization uh, over the years um you know questioning my practice would mean that question uh, would mean that i'm also questioning the institution so uh, that notion would be very uncomfortable for some dancers and hence these questions won't be encouraged that is one way to look at it another way to look at it would be uh, again considering the dance education system the as we call it the guru shishya tradition the classical guru shishya tradition which i have found hugely problematic because there we see that we are only given uh, it is only that our bodies are constantly being trained and trained and trained and somewhere in the process we forget about our own subjectivity our own individual minds they are just being shut uh, shut up and uh, that is also very you know uh, hugely problematic uh, way because 
then uh, today when we look at it the something has been fed into our bodies for so many years and sometimes it's just difficult for us to question it sometimes we may be uh, forgetting to question it because it is a part of our everyday existence and you know as we say it comes to us it comes to our bodies naturally and i would relate it to anything that we do on an everyday basis like you know just walking around or doing something that we do every day we don't actually put our minds to it right because our bodies are so much used to doing it but sometimes we don't even realize what we are doing uh, and i think the same thing happens with the guru shishya tradition that we are not given a critical outlook we are not even trained to question our art practice and hence it becomes sometimes it becomes extremely difficult sometimes uh, you know we don't just have the enough vocabulary to uh, you know speak it out or let it out even if we are finding discomforts even if we know that uh, our bodies are being pressed um uh, and another way to look at it would be the aspect of fear uh, because there is a lack of criticism the moment the student questions the art practice there is also uh, as i said a shutting up which is related to the questioning uh, person and hence there is also a lot of fear aspect to it uh, you know for the former practitioner to start questioning to start making conversations and when i also mean that there is a lack of uh, vocabulary or grammar even as you know i know that i am getting oppressed it might also relate to you know having other people around you to uh, know that okay it is okay to question and that is a way to move forward sometimes people don't even know that and uh, i would say that is actually a problem of the uh, you know education system the training methods that we are using where only our bodies are trained and in most of the times in most of the occasions the minds are being just uh, you know just asked to be silent all the time and uh, hence these conversations are very uncomfortable and might not be encouraged in a very traditional setting yeah that's a lot to think about and definitely worth looking into if you are someone who's in this in the practice space uh, personal experience um, alert <laughs> but i have personally been through this process myself and i understand the uh the fear aspect of it because even i wasn't sure if i was allowed to question things and if it was okay to uh, think about certain things that were given at face value as being absolute uh and told that this is how things are going to be or this is how things are supposed to be um so yeah i think thank you so much uh, first of all for putting it out there for all of us to listen to and think about Uh, but i think it's something that we have faced as a society we faced across all genres of teaching and learning it's not just limited to dancing alone but the idea of questioning has not necessarily been a part of our curriculum or lesson planning for a very long time and a lot of experts in the field of education have also talked about why this is the case and how the education system that was actually designed by the british back in the day to create people who could do clerical work without asking any questions seems to now become outdated in the, in the sense that people now are looking uh, outside are looking for candidates who can actually question who have the critical thinking skills so i think it's just something that has been across in the education system and i think it's just seeped into the dance space as well which is very true uh but i think it's time for us to sort of uh, move on and try to find these ways of incorporating these newer ways and newer strategies of teaching uh, of teaching methods 
that encourage students to ask questions so the dance can propagate forward and not just remains in the way that it is built today and it can sort of evolve with time that's how arts has always been it has always evolved with time keeping in terms with what is happening in the outside world and responding to it while constantly trying to make way and you know creates an inclusive space for as many people as possible we you should never forget that arts is what arts is basically meant for that so thank you so much for all of your in insights and thank you so much for putting it all out there in words that are that people can actually sort of respond to and think about in on that note we come to the end of our part 1 of the interview series thank you all for tuning into movement and me an initiative that is designed for budding artists across the world to continue receiving notifications on our latest episode please subscribe to our youtube channel nati mandalam or look us up on apple podcast or spotify for more information i'm your host niharika and i'll see you all next